What a great pleasure it is to welcome our first speaker from uh, SAP and Hardeep Sound is the regional director for SAP East Africa. And uh, it's just a great pleasure to welcome you on board, Hardeep. How are you doing, firstly? I'm well, thanks, Aki. It's a pleasure being on board here. Um, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. No, that's fantastic. I see you're the regional director for SAP East Africa. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your role, please? Great. So, um, first of all, I'm actually based in the beautiful city of uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Um, oh, wow. I've been with SAP for uh, just over three years now. And uh, my role really is to head the operations uh, right from sales all the way till uh, ensuring that we provide the right uh, value to our customers within this region. And I look after, you know, the entire East African region, which includes countries like Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, Ethiopia, Rwanda. Uh, we've also been able to support uh, the likes of South Sudan, as well as Eritrea uh, and Burundi from uh, from the Nairobi office here as well. Wow, what, what an exciting portfolio. And, and I guess it pivots quite nicely to my first question, because, you know, you've been there for three years. You've had extensive experience in this uh, in the IT sector, so you've seen a lot. But the last uh, three years, I bet you've never seen anything like it. I certainly haven't in the three decades of my career. And everyone's talking about digitization. It is the new buzzword post-COVID. Uh, if you look at what's been happening and th this massive process of really modernizing infrastructure and modernizing companies' uh, digital assets. Now, when you look at post-COVID, how can private and public sector organizations accelerate their digital transformation even further? And that's a great, great question to start off with, Aki. I mean, um, you know, my straightforward response to that would be using technology, using technology to innovate and drive adoption at all levels within your digital transformation uh, process. And, and, you know, if we look at even, even from the onset, from, you know, uh, when, when, COVID, when COVID hit us in 2019, uh, beginning of 2020, um, even the most reluctant businesses and consumers, you know, have been forced to come online and there is no going back. At the start of the pandemic, there was a sense of urgency around things like enabling remote work uh, for employees, ensuring basic business continuity. We were, we were more or less in survival mode. And as the, as the pandemic lingered on, it, it, you know, it shifted more to building resilience in business operations as well as supply chain. And, and, and you know, the, the real opportunity to me lies in innovating, to take advantage of new business opportunities. Think about how uh, retailers are quickly moving uh, to online, right? Uh, how, for example, the pharma pharmacies have moved to uh, uh, home delivery models. You know, uh, in Kenya, uh, for example, we saw the, the public sector, the government um, requesting or, or rather challenging the likes of uh, the Kenya Wine Agency as well as Kenya Pipeline to, to manufacture and to distribute uh, sanitizers during this pandemic period to the rural and to the remotest of areas of the country. So this in itself, you know, is, is a great innovative way that we can learn from and, uh, and move forward with it. Yeah. I mean, no, I think it's such a, it's, it's, there's so many golden nuggets in that particular uh, comment that you've made now, um, because really we were in survival mode. And, uh, and you know, when, when, you're, when you're uncomfortable um, and when you're vulnerable, 
be it human or being in a business, it, I feel it brings out the best in us, right? Because we try and come out of that situation, so we look at opportunities that will get us out of there. And you raised some great opportunities, how organizations have moved to platforms like e-commerce, for example, and looked at different revenue streams in order to survive, yeah. but focusing on their core business at the same time. And it's so important. And I guess the the glue that holds all of this together is the cloud, right? And I, I shudder to think what would have happened if we had had this pandemic, say, 20 years ago or even 15 years ago when the cloud wasn't in its maturity that it is now. So why is the cloud so important uh, to your strategy and, and how relevant is this for Africa? So, you know, for, for SAP, uh, most of the innovation, the research and development that has happened over the years, over the five, 10 years, uh, in terms of making technology avail readily available to our consumers, to our customers, has been really focused around cloud. And, and this, is a, this is a key pillar for us. This is a key pillar for our growth. It's a key pillar for, that basically builds our, our strategy as a whole. So cloud, for that matter, it allows innovation. It allows agility in a very cost-effective manner, right, to, to, for customers of all sizes. Generally, across the, across the continent, we are, we're currently seeing a very strong uptake in cloud solutions particularly among the, uh, among the small and medium enterprises. Now, cloud, as I mentioned, provides a very cost-effective and level playing field for SMEs to thrive. It allows countries in Africa to leapfrog legacy technologies in the same way that the mobile did. Right? Cloud is helping us build intelligent enterprises across industries. Supply chain, manufacturing, retail, public sector, you name it. Right. SAP today, um, and that's why I said cloud is extremely important for us and our growth, SAP today provides an end-to-end -end business process automation portfolio that covers all the business functions and the business streams, including finance, procurement, supply chain, sales and distribution, asset management, and further to that, specific to industries, right, utilities, retail, and so on. We have solutions that are already available for, for our customers uh, on the cloud platform. Okay, and, 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 and here's the thing as well is that, uh, you know, SAP available on many different cloud platforms. So you're not kind of restricted to say, oh, I, you know, I can't go there because it's not available there. And when you look at the, the success that uh, SAP has been having on the cloud with SAP HANA, for example, I mean, what an incredible uh, platform. Yes. It, it, it's, it's a no-brainer, right? And uh, the, the small and medium-sized businesses, I'm so glad you raised that because that is the heart. This is the, the engine of every economy. We've got to look after those small and medium-sized enterprises. But sometimes the, the challenge with change and disruption, as we've seen over the last two and a half years, is that people don't quite know where to start. Let's be honest. Um, you know, many accelerated their journey to the cloud and adopting all of these technologies you've been talking about. Are there priorities that businesses should focus on? Absolutely. Um, you know, um, and, and Aki, that, that, that really is a great question. I, mean, I would say there, in my view, there are about four priorities or things that businesses really should consider. All right. Um, the first one that comes to mind is speed. Speed is of the essence. You know, companies can't take years really to consider digital options anymore. And then more years, uh, more time rather, to implement those solutions. Right? They must simplify decision-making. 
They must take steps with urgency, even if it means taking those smaller steps at a time, right? And getting to the next level fairly quickly, right? Effective use, utilization of cloud technologies, for example, uh, you know, uh, could, could enable small and large enterprises to test new digital channels, business processes that can be quickly scaled to serve uh, existing customers or to reach new ones for that matter. You know? So speed, definitely. The, the other one that I would really um, you know, mention is build back more uh, sustainability, right? COVID, COVID and other global crises have highlighted that we can't simply go back to business the way it used to be before. It's not sustainable. The economic conditions and the environment risks cannot be ignored. The changing climate. We have, we have, an, we have a dire impact on East Africa, for example, um, from recent data that indicates, uh, you know, we've had four failed rains in a row, right? Uh, seasons of rain uh, uh, in a row, right? In, the, in, some parts of, uh, in some parts of Kenya, in some parts of Ethiopia. And this is crazy, you know, it's affecting the agriculture, it's affecting the economy, right? Um, considering the importance of agriculture, let's talk about that, uh, to the region's economic prospect. It is essential that we put all efforts uh, into, into, into the potential impact of the climate, right, that it's having on agriculture. Um, another, another, uh, another way of looking at sustainability is in the manufacturing industry, right? Um, this is another, uh, uh, another one of the region's most important industries which currently accounts for 8.9 of East Africa's GDP, but it's expected to grow and contribute 25% by the year 2032. So this presents a golden opportunity for the region's innovators to design more sustainable processes. And by ensuring sustainability is embedded into every manufacturing process, East Africa, in my view, could achieve uh, an economic growth while uh, limiting the severity of the climate impact uh, uh, on the future generations, right? Wow, L lots to think up, uh, think about over there. Now, and, and you know, it's interesting. You you focus on these businesses, and you look at uh, globally what's taking place, and how, uh, as a continent, we we're still importing grain, which you know we've got such fertile lands. There's so much opportunity on the continent. And even when you look at those undersea cables that are servicing mm -hmm. us, if you compare, say, 10 years to what we've got now, the amount of capacity that's going along the west coast and the, the east coast of Africa and the amount of data centers that are being built, certainly the infrastructure to allow for this economic growth that you're talking about and that disruption in the digital sense that you're talking about, the tools are there. When you look at those specific industry sectors in East Africa. I'm interested to know which are those sectors in East Africa, for example, that could benefit the most from the digitization yeah. you talk about. Yeah, and that's great because, you know, in my, in my opinion, I believe, first of all, that every industry can make gains from digitization, right? Um, and, and from the East African context, if I was to give you more specific examples, then I would, I would look at uh, manufacturing as one of them, uh, pharmaceuticals is another, uh, tourism and agriculture. You know, those are, to me, those are the four key uh, more important uh, sectors that, or industries that, uh, you know, would most benefit from digitization. If I can break it down a little bit more, manufacturing, for example, uh, to just share some statistics with you, you know, our uh, B2B spending in African 
manufacturing sector has been predicted to be reaching about uh, uh, 1 trillion by the year 2050. And that's a huge opportunity if we look at it. You know, $1 trillion is, uh, is huge. Considering the important economic role that uh, manufacturing plays in East Africa specifically, investments into technology that can foster uh, greater global competitiveness in the region, uh, in the region's manufacturing sector, could unlock much of this potential to the benefit of, uh, of the economies in East Africa. And then, so, so, so the question then would be, uh, how can manufacturing sector achieve this? Okay, we need to focus on building the Industry 4.0 capabilities that bring together the next generation technologies such as AI, such as uh, robotic process uh, automation, uh, industrial IoT, you know, and, and predictive analytics. And, and these are the ones that can bring unprecedented control, predictability and efficiency to, to the manufacturing operations. You know, um, if, I, if, I further, if I further look at the pharmaceutical sector, you know, um, research and development initiatives hold the potential of unlocking tremendous economic advantages and stimulating foreign direct investment. That's what we need. However, Africa lags far behind uh, compared to the more developed nations in research and development spending, right? Um, and, this, and this basically results that majority of the products and services um, are actually being imported into Africa from, from those more developed uh, nations, right? What we, need, what we need to do perhaps is get the policymakers and the industry leaders who should look at the opportunity, um, you know, for, for greater regional investment into R&D and then draw from international best practices. These guys have already, uh, you know, got mature operations in place. Today, for example, 18 of the world's 20 largest vaccine producers run their production facilities using SAP technologies. So why not uh, borrow from them? Why not learn from them and avoid these costly mistakes and, uh, and fast track the success, fast track the, uh, the manufacturing within and R&D within, uh, within, within, within East Africa or within Africa for that matter, you know? So that's... that's uh... Now, listen, it makes complete sense. Make, and, and also, you know, Hadeep, if you look at where East Africa is positioned, right, you've got Asian markets very close to you. You've got the European markets up north as well. I mean, the, the, the positioning is absolutely perfect when you want to access those kind of markets. But as you say, you know, you've got to apply those technologies and, and, and be a step above the rest because at the moment, technology is the one thing that is going to increase your competitiveness compared to what your competitors are doing. And uh, if you stay stagnant, your competitors are going to apply these technologies and do that whole manufacturing and pharmaceutical yeah. process a lot exactly. better. You're absolutely right. And if, we don't, and if we don't do that, guess what? We're still going to be in the same position. We're still going to import those services, those products from uh, outside of the continent. And that doesn't help our economic growth, which doesn't help businesses grow, which doesn't help anything else you know, around development. So it's a big impact. So look, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into your region, which is East Africa. How is East Africa doing in that digital transformation space? And do you have, for example, um, some some case studies, some customers that are embracing this that you can share with us? What kind of digital transformation is happening along in East mm -hmm. Africa? And that's good because we, you know, we've been in in business in East Africa for more than 20, 25 years or so. 
um, as you know, you know SAP has been has been now uh, in business for for 50 years. This year has been in the it is the 50th anniversary, uh, and in Africa we've been here for more than 30 years. So over the years, you know, we've also been able to um, engage our customers, our prospects, and and you know help them run their businesses better using using SAP technologies. And and if East Africa for that matter is well known for uh, for its innovation, you know the the vibrant tech startup ecosystem gave it the name uh, Silicon Savannah, right? And there is optimism. There is optimism in the market at present around growth opportunities, right? Um, we can we can do more. We can do more within the private and the public sector to take advantage of these opportunities. But I can I can highlight a few of the customers and the references that we have within East Africa who are using SAP solutions and technologies and really uh, 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 achieving or attaining some uh, very interesting and uh, vital benefits. I'll give you an example, uh, perhaps maybe of each country if I can. In, in Uganda, we have, a, we have an organization called Umeme, and this is the equivalent of ESCOM in South Africa, for example. Um, you know, they, they're the utility company, um, and they're using S4, S4 HANA. They've implemented it. Uh, they focus on the, the implementation has been focused on financial uh, and, and controlling material management, and this is this has been able to give the customer um, visibility into their uh, assets uh, and allow them to greatly reduce their stock issues, which was a main main issue before. So that's one of the ways Umeme has benefited. In Kenya, we have a National Social Security Fund, right, and they also implemented SAP and. What NSSF has gained is real-time reporting capabilities across the organization with the ability to have better visibility around risks and, and, and have control measures around that, right? So this is how they have been able to align to their risk strategy, right, by implementing our solution. In Ethiopia, if we go up north, um, we have another utility company, Ethiopian Electric Utility, and they rolled out as Fohana as well. And this, this allowed them to really provide a better service and specific, specifically uh, visibility into their billing, which was a mess before they actually implemented, right? There were a lot of leakages, flaws, and so on, but this helped them control that. Uh, in Rwanda, I can take an example of Rwanda as well. We have a customer called Crystal Ventures, and this customer is today using our uh, SuccessFactors HXM solution. They're using our SA, SA, SAP S4HANA as well. And since... Uh, the go-life, the senior management uh, has basically been able to gain real-time visibility over the performance of project managers, which has contributed to greater efficiency and revenue uh, growth across the construction and manufacturing uh, uh, companies, because they are a conglomerate and uh, their primary focus is really around uh, construction and, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and manufacturing. Then if I bring it back to uh, uh, Uganda, you know, we have a customer here called Movit, Movit Products, and they are into beauty and uh, healthcare products. And these guys implemented SAP, S4HANA as well, and they're now they're experiencing improved turnaround time for reporting, which used to take them over two months in the past. And after implementing SAP, S4HANA, they're now able to achieve that within a couple of days. So this has also given them greater insight into their business, into their management, uh, and the management team really can have full view of the product profitability, the stocks that are available, and you know all the sales information that allows them to also look at lead times and and uh, and closure. So these are some of the examples. No, it's it's 
Yeah, no, no. Listen, it's it's such a great company. I mean, you look at the the processes. You know, I remember. I'm going back now, like 18 years ago, before SAP Hanna was around. You know, and I was in Germany, and I remember um, visiting yes. your headquarters in Waldorf. And when I got there, I, you know, I'd read a lot about SAP, but I didn't quite understand what they did and how it all came together and how it worked. But after spending a few days there and looking at the processes and how it all works and how it all fits in together, um, and that was like you know, 15 years ago, and you put the, the changes over time with artificial intelligence and big data and analytics and the stuff that we've been talking about and the businesses that you've described – you're almost building this, this um, like a nervous system. So you know exactly what your business is doing at any time. And you're getting those incredible dashboards with that incredible insight into your business, which is absolutely amazing. Now, it's, it's quite clear that there are enormous opportunities. You've just touched on them for technology to literally transform the East African economy. Now, I imagine that it's not all plain sailing. There are obstacles. What have you identified as those obstacles to unlocking that economic value? Fantastic question, Aki. And uh, yeah, and you're absolutely right. You know, we've we've had obviously uh, it's not all uh, you know a great uh, um, 25 years. You know, we've had challenges, we've had uh, uh, environmental issues, and so on and so forth. But the key the key obstacle, or the greatest obstacle in my view in this region, is really the lack of skills. You know, the lack of skills that spans across not just our customers, but our partners um, that we're trying to help develop and so on. And this is one of the greatest obstacles right now. A lot of the time we have to import skill sets. We have to bring skill sets from outside of this region. And this is what I think we need to fix in East Africa. And it's like, you know, East Africa is, is, is fast growing. You know, have, they have a huge youth population. And it's critical that we help this population to gain the skills that are relevant for them to get employment and that contributes to the economic growth. You know, SAP today supports a program called YPP, a youth, a young professionals uh, program that is triggered to youth uh, skills development. And this helps graduates get employment, get the skills that they really need to bridge the gap between academic knowledge and business ready skills. All right. So really, it serves a dual purpose for providing uh, the youth with a career development opportunity and employment opportunity as well. You know? And then it also ensures, with this, this program also ensures that we are able to provide a steady supply of fit-for-purpose skills to the private and to the public sector uh, within East Africa. And, and within Africa itself, because, you know, to date we have had over 17, 1,700 graduates across 22 countries in Africa, right? And out of those, 95% have been placed in jobs after their certification. So it's an extensive program, three to six months. You know, we take them through uh, different types of skills, hard skills, soft skills, and through a certification program. And this has actually worked wonders. And this is just one of the areas that SAP is helping develop capacity within this region. No, that's, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I was going to say skills when I was talking about that because that is it, it is the biggest problem, right, that faces the, the, the industry globally. In fact, um, you know, the lack of skills. And um, I imagine 
it's even, you know, the, the contrast is even sharper in, in East Africa and other parts of Africa where we are in desperate need of these skills. Uh, if someone, Hadeep, is watching this, a, a young person or there's a father or a mother or a guardian, whoever's listening to this and say, listen, I want to follow through what Hadeep is talking about and right. I want to get onto one of these programs. How, how does one do that? How does one get in touch with SAP and, and, and find out more information. I imagine it's all there on the website. Where, where would they find those details? So, so if, we, if anyone wants to explore further with, with regards to these programs, and we have a number of others, right? Uh, we have the Code Week and so on and so forth um, that, that was yes. centered, around, centered around helping communities develop their skills around uh, uh, you know, digitization, computer automation, and stuff like that. You can. The first stop point is obviously our website. You go to our website, you know, sap.com, and uh, and basically search for YPP or search for Code Week or any related education programs, right? And you'll find a lot of information there, and you can actually have the ability to connect with us from that point forward, right? Um, and and that's the first point that I would say. Then of course, then there's regional offices. We have in East Africa, in Kenya, we have the regional offices in South Africa, in Johannesburg, in Cape Town. Uh, we also have offices in West Africa, in, uh, in Lagos, in Nigeria. So those are also points that can be reached uh, to, to further explore uh, the opportunities that could exist here. We have a dedicated uh, team that supports the YPP program, for example, right? And, 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 and they also publish uh, articles and, and uh, updates in our, on our website. So that's one of the areas that, you know, I would, I would highly recommend anyone interested. Fantastic. How, how Hardeep Sound, who is the regional director for SAP East Africa, sharing his insights with us, um, based in, in, in Kenya. The, that was absolutely insightful, and uh, I didn't quite realize the, the different focus on industries on the East African side of the continent um, and, and the tremendous opportunity that lies there. Hardeep, thank you very much for joining us on What's Next. It's my pleasure, Aki, and uh, great, great uh, being here. Thank you so much. 